Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. <laughs> I am tired this morning. Uh, I cannot, like, I don't know if this is a part of pregnancy where I just cannot wake up. Well, I completely forgot we were podcasting today, and <laughs> I was at the gym getting a good pump on, um, and I hadn't even really started weights. I'd jump rope for about 15, 20 minutes, and then I was like, all right, you know, now it's time to get into it, and I did like two or three exercises, and Nicole's like, ooh, we got a podcast today. <laughs> and that just I have sh- so much on my plate that, thank God, um, <laughs> I got a text as a... I love when people warn me about things <laughs> like, hey, in an hour, or it was like, hey, in 15 <laughs> minutes, I'm like, shit. FYI, heads up, <laughs> we have this planned. Um, but anyways, continuing from last week for like a quick second, we are definitely getting the nursery and house in order. It's starting to look terrific, and we're going to redo the baby's walls because right now they're kind of like all a different form of paneling. So I can't really put the wallpaper and stuff up that I want. So I'm going to have someone put up some drywall and then um, hook up a chandelier and do all that. So I'm getting excited. Let me let me uh, tell a quick story really quick. Uh-oh. Okay. So, and it's just to get it off my chest because I was really angry about it. So he went and saw this house. This house was really... Really, it was really oh God, nice. I don't know. If, I don't think you should go public with this. I should. I why don't know not? what you're gonna say. I'm scared. It's okay. But we saw this house. Um, it was a really nice house, but it wasn't like uh, the best kept, right? So we go there, and it's still an amazing house, but there's things that need to be done to it that it'll cost us money, right, to fix up and change. Um, and we were told to put in an offer higher than the asking, and we're like, ah, eh, that doesn't sound right for us. Um, Because we're not in love with the house. So Mm -hmm. we basically do a pass on it, right? Because we're thinking how the market's going, all these offers are going to go in. Apparently, quote unquote, no offers go in. So we're like, well, I mean, what if we we put a lowball offer? You never know, right? So we put in a lowball offer. It wasn't even like, I mean, it it wasn't super low to where like the Zestimate, it was higher than that. It's a lowball to what they were asking, but it's accurate. uh, I think it's an accurate representation of what the house would actually be worth right in the area, in the area, maybe, and maybe even a year or two ago before the market went crazy. Yeah. Right. So, so we put in that offer and we gave them 24 hours. We wait. 
Uh, and we only put in the offer because our realtor said no one put in an offer. We're like, okay, well, we'll put in an offer. Exactly. So then they don't, we don't get a response. They ask us for a pre-approval, loan pre-approval. So we're like, okay. And we get that within like half an hour. We got the loan pre-approval letter. We send it over. And we wait. We wait all day. And we turn this in by noon that day that we send it in. <clears throat> we don't hear anything that day. And we had given them 24 hours. And then we don't hear anything all day yesterday. The whole day goes by, and we're trying to be patient. And I'm like, man, I mean, I'm guessing they're, like, mulling this over. They asked for this pre-approval letter. Like, um, and it was just weird. We're like, well, maybe there's a chance that we'll get it, right? This would be awesome. And then end of day, like, literally end yeah, of day. Yeah, we were like, really excited and hopeful at this point. <laughs> like, 8 p.m., two days later, essentially, um, we get a call from our realtor saying – yeah, so the offer was so low, they don't even want to rebuttal. They don't even want to send you a counter offer. Which I, Victor, I I knew that that could happen because it is people's houses. They feel very um, like this is like you're only going to offer me that. But yeah, I think, but that house has been vacant think, for a year. So I think like in I think what should have happened is just like right when they saw or heard the offer, they should have just don't told make us. us get a pre approval letter. Yeah, we had to go through a, the bank and everything. It was still a very high amount. Yeah. <laughs> it was still a big, big like amount. And it's like, um, um, don't make us go through that. Yeah. Just say, no, it's too low, which is exactly. what I was expecting. And I would have preferred that. If you would have told me right from the jump, hey, you know what? We appreciate you putting something in, but it was just a little low for us. And we'd been like, that's yeah. fine. Not two days later, 8 p.m. at night. Yeah, it was so low. We're not even going to give a counter offer. And then their their agent suggested them to give a counter offer and they're like no and it's like oh that's okay though it wasn't meant to be i prayed to god that whatever happens is meant to be mm-hmm. and it wasn't in the the area that we really wanted to be in and so i was like okay you know i'm gonna take that as a sign I'm not yeah gonna- well i'm not i'm not completely disappointed right so i'm just not that i'm mad that we didn't get it i'm just mad about how it was handled Right. The situation could have been handled a lot better. That's <laughs> oh, all I'm saying. Oh, man. Victor is so funny. Hey, yeah. he's, telling, he's being truthful. This that, is that's how all he it feels. Is, right? that, that's how I feel, and I'm happy I got it off my chest. That, that's all I have to say about that. He got it off his chest publicly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, we have a really cool guest today, Keith Barry. He's like a hypno... I don't know how to say that. Hyp- Hypnotist and <laughs> mentalist. Okay, yeah. And he's a big deal. So here we go. This will be interesting. He does those shows where people start doing stuff on stage. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear about that. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good, good. This is uh, Victor and Nicole. Hi. Hey, Nicole. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. Hey, it's uh, it's exciting to talk to you. Uh, Nicole and I have this infatuation. Well, rather, I think me more than she does. Yeah. With... You and the things that you do with those, you know, the mentalist stuff with the stuff on stage and hypnosis. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm. I've never really thought, I don't know, I I think for a while until I did a little bit of research on it, I was like, is this real? Is it real? Is is it real, Keith? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, everybody thinks it's fake until they either experience it or, um, yeah, like you did, did the research, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. And I, by the way, I love your accent. Um, <laughs> and are you are you currently in Ireland right now? Yeah, so I'm based out of Kildare in Ireland, which is about thirty minutes from Dublin, which is obviously our capital city. Yeah, and 
Yeah, so look, I've been into magic and mentalism and hypnosis since a very early age. So I got a magic set when I was five, um, which kind of spurned my interest in magic. And then when I was 14, I got a really good book on magic, which is called the, the Klutz Book of Magic, which uh, for a beginner, by the way, is a great book. You can still find secondhand copies, I think, on Amazon. Um, and then around the same time, I got a, a, a book called Practical Hypnosis by E. Wolf. And that was kind of my first experience with hypnosis. And then, yeah, I suppose it just all snowballed from there, really, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. So, and I guess, what does it do? Because you're 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 very in tune with the unconscious mind, right? Mm. And that's something that you have been able. That's to That's the do. part that's super interesting to me is like that you can change people's bad habits and behaviors. That was really something I was looking into when I was having really bad panic attacks because I was like, how do I get out yeah. of this cycle? So, um, I guess talk. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so as a hypnotist, I do two separate things. Like one part of what I do is obviously stage performance and Mm -hmm. hypnosis on stage and on television, of course. And then separately from that, I'm an executive coach and a mind coach for both business leaders and athletes. And I suppose, you know, my job, my function, my role is to bring people to peak performance using, you know, hypnosis as the tool and technique to do that. Now, separately from that, again, you know, for many years, I helped people, like you mentioned there, Nicole, with everything from anxiety to stress, all the way through to a whole gamut of phobias. So I've helped people overcome fears and phobias, such as fears of dogs, snakes, and then some of the more unusual ones, fear of chocolate, fear of balloons. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and all of these fears, a fear is okay, unless it becomes prohibitive in your life. And yeah. what I mean by that is, you know, having a fear of dogs, uh, you know, a slight fear of dogs is actually a good fear to have. Like I would never eliminate a fear of dogs completely from somebody because you don't want people going up, putting their hands mm-hmm. uh, into strange dogs' mouths, for example. But if it becomes prohibitive to your lifestyle and really becomes destructive, well, then I suppose it can be classed as a phobia. And that's mm-hmm. where a lot of anxiety can lie and stuff like that. So what I do is, I mean, first first of all, I suppose to say that, you know, all these fears, anxiety, stress, they're all ingrained in our subconscious mind. And I think when, you know, people like yourself see somebody like me putting somebody under hypnosis, it can look quite dramatic, you know, and it can look <laughs> quite surreal. Uh, but but I think what what's surreal about it is, the majority of people haven't taken the time to understand their own subconscious mind. So mm-hmm. I would start there with people. You know, people need to start figuring this out because basically on a real kind of basic level, just for your listeners, you know, your autonomic nervous system, your heart rate, your blood flow, your breathing, all these different things that are going on are going on on a subconscious level. But the problem there is that's where your anxiety lies, is on a subconscious level and in your autonomic nervous system. So when your fight or flight system kicks in when you're having a panic attack, for example. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's very hard to control that unless you know how to control the subconscious mind. And so for me, what I do is, you know, in a therapeutic manner, for sure, I teach people how to take control of their subconscious mind so they then can take control of those uh, panic attacks and those emotions that they're feeling, you know? Wow, that's that's amazing. 
This episode is sponsored by Ancient Nutrition. You don't have to scroll very far down on your newsfeed to find a story about the restorative effects of collagen. It's all the rage, but it's way more than just hype. Get the very best collagen on the market from Ancient Nutrition. So they have one goal, to transform the health of every individual on the planet with the history's most powerful superfoods. Whether you want to improve your body, sharpen your mind, or just feel your best self, Ancient Nutrition makes supplements that get real results that you see and you feel. They're all made from the highest quality of ingredients and are repeatedly tested for purity. And it's unflavored, dissolves in any liquid, so you can put the scoop in your morning coffee, smoothie, or even baked goods. Um, Right now, Ancient Nutrition is offering 20% off your first order when you go to ancientnutrition.com. Right now, enter promo code COCO at checkout. That's ancientnutrition.com. Enter promo code COCO for 20% off your first order. Ancientnutrition.com. Enter promo code COCO at checkout. So how does one, I guess, how do I start researching or getting in tune with my subconscious mind on my own? Yeah, so I think the first thing you need to do is start following me on Instagram. I mean, I know you follow me, but for your listeners, uh, you know, I give lots of tidbits. Uh, and LinkedIn, actually, weirdly enough, I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually, only in the last year, I'm starting to use LinkedIn a lot. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm putting a lot of lot of the kind of, rather than the entertaining content, which I put up obviously on Instagram and TikTok, places like that. Yeah. On LinkedIn, I put up a lot of things like creative visualization, how to hack your own subconscious mm-hmm. brain. Now, aside from me, there are some great books out there on uh, on this kind of stuff. Like one place that I would start just in a general kind of self-help scenario would be Get the Life You Want by Richard Bandler. So Richard Bandler, he was the forefather of NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And just think of it like a cousin, I suppose, of hypnosis. That's the best way I can put it to you. But ultimately that book, if you study that book rather than read that book, and if you activate upon the the strategies that are in that book, you can genuinely change your life permanently um, using those strategies. So that's a great place to start. Uh, and then, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of information out there and a lot of misinformation. So yeah. I always go old school with this kind of stuff. So for me, um, you know, Milton Erickson was the greatest hypnotist pretty much who ever lived. So if people are really interested in this, go to the old books, go to the old, uh, you know, resources. So anything by Milton Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, Erickson, Milton Erickson, amazing. So that's where our, I've studied a lot of my stuff, is certainly from him. Uh, but on a simpler level, Get the Life You Want by Richard Bandler is great. And by the way, I have no affiliation with Richard Bandler at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, just think it, I just think it's a great book, you know? Well, that's cool. And, and I also, like, how... So I guess I don't know how to ask this. When when I'm at a when I'm looking at like one of these performances on stage where, you know, somebody, you know, you okay, you know, when you when when I snap my fingers, you're going to start barking like a dog and you're going to be a dog, right? Yeah. Like how does somebody get into that state? Are they like receptive of that? They're receptive of being, you know, like told what to do or is it something that they can't control like how how does that how does that kind of work i guess in the most basic sense yeah it's a great question and a lot of different hypnotists stage hypnotists and entertainment hypnotists will answer this in different ways but you know i've come to the conclusion over the past 10 years that the best way is to actually tell the real truth so you're about to get the expose the real truth of what's going on in that Mm -hmm. situation okay okay so uh, and i know there's a lot of skepticism around 
kind of stage hypnosis because yeah, it looks, absolutely. again, very dramatic and very unreal and stuff like that. So here's what's going on. Having hypnotized thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people on stage over the years, wow. I have come to the conclusion that a third of the people on stage are truly hypnotized. So we can talk about that in a moment. Okay. Then a third of the people on stage they think they're hypnotized. So they really actually believe themselves that they're hypnotized, but they're not really actually in deep trance, as I would call it. And then a third of the people are literally um, just what people think. They're playing along, they're acting. But, you know, for me, if they're entertaining enough, and if I feel like that they don't look like they're acting, then sometimes I'll just leave them on stage rather than, you know, send them off of the yeah, stage, yeah. Uh, which can be counterproductive to uh, performance. So for me, it's a third, a third, a third. Um, and what's fascinating about that is the third who are truly hypnotized. Um, you know, in a therapeutic sense, you would take, like, you could take up to an hour, for example, just to put somebody in trance. Oh, wow. um, and that's basically putting them into an altered state of mind uh, and allowing me then to bypass their conscious faculty and enter into their subconscious mind and do whatever it is that I need to do. Uh, but of course, in a stage uh, scenario, you know, that can be a very boring process to look yeah. at because you're literally just talking to people. So you have to take just 15 or 20 minutes, maybe max, like seriously, max that amount of time to put somebody into trance. So therefore, you'll end up with, in my opinion, a third, a third, a third. Um, and, and here's the thing. That third of people who are truly in hypnosis, like deep in hypnosis, I genuinely believe I could get them to do anything. And wow. that, that's an opposing <laughs> mindset to a lot of hypnotists. A lot of hypnotists will tell you, you can't do something. You can't get somebody to do something against their morals and their values. Well, guess what? I've done that on stage. I, but I say it openly to begin with. And this yeah. is the important thing because I, I'm all, all about ethics. So I say to people, look, you know, if you don't want to do things you wouldn't ordinarily do, don't come up on stage. Yeah, uh, I am going to get you to do things certainly against um, your normal behavior patterns. And if you think you're going to have a problem with that later on, or if you think your partner will have a problem with that later on, do not come on the stage. Yeah. And then guess what? Guess what? They come on Every the stage night, anyway. Hundreds of people <laughs> run on stage anyway, right? So, um, And then you can kind of do what you want with them. And then the third of people who think they're hypnotized, weirdly enough, if you interview them afterwards, they would try and convince you that they were truly hypnotized because they really believe it themselves. Uh, but mm-hmm. I can kind of tell that they're not really hypnotized. And then, as I said, a third. Um, and, and a lot of it comes down to social compliance. So when somebody's up on stage and there's like a thousand people watching you, you know, there's a huge amount of social compliance that comes into play there because you feel like you kind of, you're on stage and at that moment in time, you feel like, oh my God, I'm hypnotized, I'm not hypnotized, I better, I better do this anyway, otherwise I'll embarrass myself, I'll embarrass him, I'll, but you know, so there's yeah. a lot of that going on as well, you know. Is, and then, so then, uh, I, apart from that, then I think of the movie and I'm sure you've seen it because it's really uh, about this type of thing, is like the movie Get Out, right? <laughs> Yeah, you remember yeah, them oh, exactly. So is that is that kind of so? There's a part of the people that watch that. It's like, man, I never want to be hypnotized because I don't want to be caught in a situation yeah. where I'm trapped in my own body, right? <laughs> and somebody has yeah. complete control over me. Is that is that real in any way? Like, can that happen? Like, obviously not the Brain medical part, part right? <laughs> but the, the initial part where trapping somebody in their own like every subconscious. Time, every time you hit like a teacup, they'll do something like the trigger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So so I loved that movie. And weirdly enough, it wasn't that big over here as it was in the US. So I kind of just 
heard about it secondhand from a friend of mine in the US and he was mm-hmm. like, you got to go see this movie. And then it came out in Ireland and I was pretty much sitting on my own in the theatre. <laughs> it was weird because it wasn't that big over here. Um, and I loved, by the way, the teacup. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love that, you know. And so uh, on that note, weirdly enough, uh, you know, I'm not really supposed to be talking about this, but I'll, ta- I'll tell you guys, this is the first time I've mentioned it. Uh, I'm actually writing a book right now. Um, oh. And that book, will be out, that book will be out later this year. So it'll be out September, October time this year. Amazing. Um, and I talk specifically about anchors and triggers, what we're talking about right now. Mm. And the, the, the concept of actually leading somebody, unbeknownst to themselves, into hypnosis and then using an anchor. So an anchor can be visual, auditory, or kinesthetic. So the one in the in the movie was visual and auditory because you know um, she was hitting the the teacup with the spoon, which is visual and auditory. So that served as an anchor and then a trigger later on in the movie. So for me, I talk about anchors and triggers all the time. But look. I suppose on a simplistic level, again, so people can understand this because it can get very complex very quick. I did a whole episode on my Discovery Channel show, Deception with Keith Barry, and I think you can find that up on, on YouTube. Oh, and okay. the whole concept the whole concept of that show was, is it possible to literally hypnotize somebody to make them into a sleeper agent? In other words, get them to an extent that they would actually murder somebody, that they would actually kill somebody. That was the question that I posed wow. at the top end of the show. Um, so under the guise of a sleep experiment, so I put word out, uh, and I shot it over there in, in Los Angeles, and we put word out that I was a sleep doctor. So this is before I was kind of known on any level. Oh, um, wait, I think I, just, I saw this one. I, I swear, I think I saw this one. And you got people, yeah, it was over the ledge, right? To push somebody over the ledge. Something no, like- no, that was that. I think that was that might have been Darren. Darren Brown, I think, oh. did that one. So, but it was kind of a similar concept, if you like. Um, but with this, I managed to make a guy believe that he was a sleep agent under the guise of a, a sleep experiment, and he actually genuinely thought he had murdered somebody by the end of the episode. Oh my um, god! And that. And that's when my whole mindset shifted on hypnosis, that you can actually get people to do extreme things under hypnosis. Now, not everybody, of course. So yeah. I don't think that you can do this to everybody. It has to be a certain type of person under a certain set of circumstances. The other question I get asked all the time, um, and you kind of you know, alluded to it there a few moments ago, is like, you know, can anybody be hypnotized? Do they need to want to be hypnotized? Weirdly enough, here's what I've found, is some people can be hypnotized really easy on one day. So for example, today I could maybe hypnotize you, Victor, uh-huh. but then tomorrow you might resist it and I might not be able to hypnotize you. So it can vary from day to day depending on the circumstances and depending on the person's mindset themselves. Wow, that's really interesting because I always I always think about that stuff and you know, I think that's what deters people sometimes from going to a hypnotist, for example, for like a phobia or something like that, that they're going to get some guy that's, you know, sleazy in some way. And then mm. once you're in that state, he'll imprint stuff in your mind that you didn't want to. You know what I mean? That's kind of like... Well, well, that can happen. That's why you have to have, make sure that you go to an ethical hypnotist and make sure that it's a very renowned hypnotist with proper qualifications. Because if you do find yourselves in the hands of, you know, a hypnotist who wants to do something for ill game, 
pain. Unfortunately, that is a possibility. Um, so I don't want to make people nervous of hypnotherapy because yeah. hypnotherapy is fantastic for helping you get over fears and phobias mm-hmm. and anxieties and all kinds of things like psoriasis. I hypnobirthed my wife for the, our, the birth of her second child, meaning she had no no epidural, no drugs. We just used hypnosis as the pain management. Wow. Um, so you just have to make sure that you find a reliable person that's been around for a long time and make sure that they have uh, proper accreditation, you know. This episode is sponsored by Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. So prescription acne treatments, I mean, it really works. It's hard to get. You have to take time off work. You have to sit in the pharmacy for your medications. But Apostrophe, Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You get treated immediately. Your medications are delivered to your home. And you just fill out some, like, online questionnaire about your skin concerns, take a few selfies, and then they find Find a treatment plan that's tailored for you. So for they also offer topical and oral medications if that's something that you're interested in. Um, so my skincare goals is I get a lot of hormonal acne along my like uh, chin line. And that's something that used to like cause me a lot of pain. And they totally have taken care of that for me. It was super easy. I got to, I knew, I felt good because I was seeing a real der- dermatologist and I got my medications. They feel great. They work great. So if you want to try it out, you can get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash Coco. Use our code Coco. That's C-O-C-O. This code is only available to our listeners. So just to get started, go to apostrophe.com slash Coco. Click begin visit, then use the code Coco at sign up, and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's apostrophe. It's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash Coco. Use code Coco to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. And we thank apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. So does your wife, I mean, I guess before you guys have been married, how long now? Oh, God knows, 12 years, 13 years, something like that. I'm terrible. That's the one thing. One part of my brain doesn't function at all. That's dates and times. So I think it's like 12 or 13 years. So has she asked you over the years, I'm assuming, like, for example, for the pregnancy and other things to, hey, can you hypnotize me and help me get rid of this thing or this fear or this thought, you know? No, I mean, Mairead studied psychology in college. So she kind of knows a lot about this stuff herself. So um, really the only time that I've ever actually uh, used it was twice so i used it once um for the birth of our son Braden, and she's a huge proponent by the way of hypnobirthing so again that's a fantastic thing for any of your pregnant listeners that uh maybe uh, wanting an alternative birth they should definitely look into that um and then separately i remember i was in la actually shooting a tv show one time and marie somehow broke her toe off of a um like a drawer in the in the apartment that we're in so i just heard these screams and i went in and and it was quite clear to me that her toe was broken um but the pain she couldn't control the pain and she was freaking out so i literally hypnotized her over the pain but i hypnotized her so well she fell asleep within five (laughs) minutes of like freaking out having all this pain she fell into a deep deep sleep and then like i let her sleep and she didn't wake up till the following day so like she went through eight hours and while she was asleep i put the the, the splint like a little uh, I found a lollipop stick of all things <laughs> and I put that in her toe and I wrapped it in a bit of a plaster a plaster as we call it here a band-aid that you yeah. call it over there um, but, but here's the thing look I've had multiple injuries from the other side of what I do which is the escapology side of what I do um, so I knew at that moment of time weird enough there's nothing they can do for a broken toe you know you just wrap it up and get on with it, you mm-hmm. know so escapology 
Mm. Enlighten me. So, yeah, so Escapology, I suppose uh, it throws back really to the days of Harry Houdini. So Escapology is really the idea or concept that you get bound and restrained in oh. whatever way you want to get bound or restrained. So straight jackets, chains, shackles, ropes, uh, whatever it may be, and then you've got to escape. So hence the term Escapology. So I've done a lot of that over the years as well. And, uh, and as a result, I'm pretty beaten up now so i've got plenty of injuries i I can list them off to you but i bore you to tears if i did (laughs) so have you so one of the things that i like uh that one secret society because magicians especially the really good ones they're part of that magic castle Mm. uh so uh, the magic castle uh club i guess of magicians are you part of that have you performed there have you (laughs) so it's an interesting question i quite like going up to the magic castle but I don't like adhering to rules. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I suppose, a maverick like that. Oh, I'm not really okay. one for, for for following rules. So I'm not a member of any official club, but I can get into the Magic Castle if I want to get into Magic Castle. And I do love it. It's a, it's kind of a throwback, I suppose, really yeah. to the 1940s up there. So you've got to, like men of where, anybody who doesn't know about it, I'm sure a lot of your listeners won't know about it. It's like men have got to wear a tie and you've got to wear a dinner jacket or a suit and uh, <laughs> women have to wear, I can't remember the exact rules, but it's like, a cocktail dress or perfume and, and this kind of stuff, you know, but, but like it, it, it's an interesting part of uh, Hollywood life because, you know, I know quite a few celebrities who live out there um, and they can't get in. Yeah. So they call me trying to get in and it's kind of this, like you said, it's like the secret weird society. Uh-huh. Um, but, but I do love going up there. I really enjoy it. Uh, but no, I'm not a member. <laughs> yeah. Cause magic, magic fascinates me. And so anytime, you know, I've watched several documentaries about different magicians and magic mm. castle always comes up. I mean, it's just yeah, one yeah. of those things. Um, so going from doing uh, the the show, the stage, hypnosis and magic mm. and being an escape artist, how did you transition that into the corporate world? Like where? how did you make that transition? Yeah, I think it was kind of slow over the years maybe. So, you know, I started performing on stage when I was 14. Oh. So I started quite young on stage um but then i suppose it was probably my ted talk that really uh, threw me into the corporate world so i did a ted talk um way back in like 2004 2005 um and that ted talk went viral and got like 25 million hits and wow. ultimately was in the top 20 ted talks of all time for 20 years oh, wow. um or there there about 15 years whatever it is and um so i think when that happened i just started getting a lot of bookings uh, both in the u.s and around the world really for all kinds of different events so that then evolved into me uh, over the years putting together keynotes so not just entertainment but keynotes on for example, um, motivation and employee engagement, keynotes on how to redefine the impossible, which is one that I've done during the pandemic in the last year. I've probably done it 100 or 150 times, maybe online for the likes wow. of Google and Comcast and Dell and Netflix actually out there and, and Microsoft and all these different companies. Um, so yeah, that transition happened from the TED Talk and then evolved over the years. So now I spend when I can, I mean, we're, we're still locked down here in Ireland, mm-hmm. but when I can, I, I spend four to six months of every year uh, traveling the world, speaking on stage. And then I, I suppose my unique selling point is that even though I'm delivering key messaging for the corporations i'm also entertaining the, the attendees as well you know yeah and and that makes me think of too you said you started at 14 so uh, on mm. stage so i can 
were you were you always practicing this stuff or trying to hypnotize your friends and buddies and kind of testing stuff out on them? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one thing with hypnosis is the reason there isn't too many hypnotists around the world is you're going to fail a lot. So mm. you're going to feel really stupid for a long time. Um, <laughs> so so that's the pro- problem with hypnosis because until you get the language patterns down and the intonation of your voice and the rhythm of your voice and the pitch and then your body language, like all of that matters as a hypnotist. So you're going to fail loads. Um, so yeah, when I was 14, the f- first time I successfully managed to hypnotize somebody was actually in our Irish class here, so our, our Gaelic class era so, so a lot of people don't know there's an actual irish language um oh. and we were in our irish class and my uh my friend who was sitting next to me david i hypnotized him and it worked and i couldn't believe it because it might be like the hundredth <laughs> the hundred time that it worked and uh and i just got him to do the classic thing because i was only 14 i didn't know what else to do i made him into a chicken and he just started <laughs> running around the classroom um, and then he got detention because the teacher thought he was messing right uh, but the funny thing about this the funny thing is he wanted to learn about it so I gave him the, the practical hypnosis by E. Wolf um, I don't even know the guy's first name I'm going to guess it's Edward Wolf but you can still find this uh, little pamphlet there's reprints of it everywhere and I gave that to him and he never gave it back and we're still good friends now uh, 30 years later and he's a professional hypnotist down oh, water. No way. that's what he does for a living wow. yeah so that book changed his life as well so it changed both of our lives you know so that's when you when you turn him into a chicken is it something that you have to do to get him to stop or like to turn it off yeah yeah yeah, oh. yeah, you got to turn it off. And the teacher, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the teacher didn't even see you like turn it off. No, no, no. Because I, I was kind of freaking out a bit. But the teacher was freaking out. So I was just like, okay, I better not do anything. I don't want to get myself in trouble too. Um, so when the teacher turned around back to the blackboard, that's when I knocked him out of it. Uh, I took him out of it. So he stopped being a chicken. But yeah, he got detention. He had to stay back for like three hours after school. You know? That's the funniest thing. The panic just starts to set in. 14-year-old you like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I've had some crazy snares even on stage like over the years all kinds of like nutty things happen but yeah that was one of the funnier ones <laughs> is there so if uh since since everything's kind of locked down mm. can you perform any of your hypnosis like this over the phone or via video or is it yeah, is I it do, harder I, I, I do it for my clients over zoom so i need to i need to be able to see people gotcha. um more from a safety perspective than, than anything, to be honest. Um, you know, because if you're putting somebody into trance, it's a very personalized thing. You've got to make sure you can get them out of trance. Um, so I do it over Zoom for my exec, executive coaching and for when I coach the athletes. Because like, I work a lot with the, the international rugby players here in Ireland. Oh, wow. um, uh, so yeah, I just need to be able to see them. So I do it over Zoom. Uh, but from an entertainment perspective... As I said, you know, I work virtually um, every single day. Like I have, I've got, I've got another gig tonight um, for Amazon of all people. Um, oh wow! And and ultimately, uh, with that though, with the entertainment aspect, I literally just do mentalism and magic. Then visually over Zoom, I don't do the hypnosis in an entertaining fashion because again, it just takes that little bit too long mm-hmm. for uh, for online. So with the online performances, I I'm a little bit like a machine gun. I like to just blast the mentalism and magic yeah. out so people are just like you know because we all know the zoom fatigue there's microsoft teams oh, fatigue everybody's yeah, fatigued so with being bad. online mm-hmm. so you gotta you gotta be fast and quick with this stuff um but luckily look i i suppose 
here in Ireland at least over a year ago now I was standing on stage actually in front of one and a half thousand people um, one night and then the next day I was just told by the government that we couldn't perform and we'll oh. be the last to come back here we don't know when we're coming back but luckily yeah. I created a new business that I, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was even feasible at the time and mm-hmm. now look I'm performing every day so it's still great fun for me you know mm-hmm. that's really amazing and not and not that I'm saying I'm asking you to but if would it be possible if you're like, for example, let's say somebody's driving in their car right now while they're listening to this podcast. If you wanted to, would you be able to put somebody in a state that, that would be dangerous for them while they're driving? Like, is that is that even in the realm of possibility? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because again, hypnosis is is all based on language. So again, you know, as I mentioned, I do uh, hypnosis. Uh, I use hypnosis uh, on Zoom, but I need to be able to see people more from a safety perspective. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. using just language, you can put people into trance over the phone. You can people people into trance once they can hear you clearly and uh, they're an open and willing participant but again it takes you know could take 10 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and and you kind of need to get to know the person as well Mm -hmm. like for me when i'm picking people in an entertainment setting to be hypnotized i'm gauging all of the people in the audience visually first before i pick them so i i'm looking at people and look oh i think he's a skeptic i want to have him up or she's a skeptic oh that person looks kind of open and interesting and fun and unique i'll get that person up um so i'm picking people visually for, you know first before yeah. i then test them on set. and there is tests that you can use in order to find out if somebody's hypnotizable or not and sometimes i use those tests too you know that's interesting well wow. i hey, this i learned so much today this is one of my favorite episodes <laughs> i just love so well, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look you up now on on YouTube and check out some of your performances and even try to find that uh, that one that you did for Discovery. I think you said it was. Uh, yeah, and then and then also just so people know that again, just from a self help perspective, I put together a free ebook during the pandemic. You can oh. still get it. I'll be I'll be taking it down in the next couple of weeks. So if you want to grab that, they just go to keithbarry.com forward slash ebook. It's called Mind Magic, and it's how to hack into your own subconscious mind. There's loads of tools and techniques in that. So again, just go to keithbarry.com forward slash ebook, and you can get the ebook for free. So that's your website, keithbarry.com, right? Yeah. And then yeah, what's yeah. your uh, social media handles like where can they find you on instagram and linkedin yeah like everybody i'm pretty much everywhere at this stage so uh, keith barry just everywhere so if you mm. uh, it's keith barry official on facebook um but i put my content everywhere keith barry on uh, instagram and on tiktok as well so awesome yeah. thank well, you well so thank much. you so much we really appreciate thank you. Uh, you being on the show and this was a awesome conversation so yes. happy <laughs> thanks thanks okay. a man cheers right. okay. bye 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 that was awesome. Let's give it up for Keith Barry. Yeah. That was so interesting, and I loved his voice as well. <laughs> no, and I could see why he's so good at what he does. I mean, if if there was something that I needed to take care of, like if I had anxiety or something like mm-hmm. that, I'd definitely go to him and see it as a last resort, you know, and maybe even first resort now well, that I, think, I know about it. <laughs> oh, definitely, because yeah, it's not medication. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, thank you guys. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe the easiest ways on the Little Purple app on your phone, Apple Podcasts. You can always go to Apple Podcasts online and uh, rate, review, and subscribe there. You can listen to this anywhere you listen to your podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, tell your friends, and you can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com and you can check out our merchandise there as well. Please don't forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram and at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. Thank you. 
If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.